to the Bastards Inquiry Christmas podcast with all the best bets for the Christmas fair coming up at Kempton, Leopardstown, Chepstow on the, the Welsh National Day, except with no crowd because Mr. Drakeford won't let anybody in. Um, idiot. But yes, uh, joining me today are uh, Mr. John Lang. Uh, hello, John. My bell is already jingling. Excellent. We love, we love a jingling bell. Uh, Andy Richmond. Welcome, Andy. Good, 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 uh, good morning, evening, afternoon, evening, whatever afternoon. time you li- whatever time you listen. Due to go out Christmas Eve, happy, happy Christmas to you all. Absolutely, absolutely. And joining us shortly will be Quentin Franks, also because we know we know the demand for his ludicrously two hundred and twenty percent return on investment. You all should you all should be uh, heavily involved now with Bitcoin and you know buying a new house uh, on the back of uh, Quentin's uh, amazing form. Uh, since joining the bar stewards. So that's all to come. Uh, without further ado, let's get on with the show because obviously there's quite a bit to go through. And we'll go through the best bets for each pundit. And Andy, I'm going to come to you to kick the show off in fantastic style with your third best bet over the Christmas period. Right. I'm going to go to Market Raisin. We uh, don't mind. I don't mind everyone, everyone will be delighted about it. You can't beat a bit of regional Nash, can you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Christmas. I mean, we, you know, how many of these? I've been to, I'm going to go through and count like, how many nationals there are now. There is only, of course, one national, but we do love a bit of regional Nash. And in the end, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to bit, play a bit of a bottler here because uh, I'm going to try and split a point, half point each way, which is a bit of a bottle out. But they are a couple of decent price horses. Yeah. The first is Powerstown Park, who I thought won as though he could go round again at Erifford last time out, beating a horse I actually put up on here, and Velasco uh, uh, I thought was quite decent. But Powerstown Park was in fine form last year when he reeled off a hat-trick in handicap hurdles, and he looks about ready to do the same again. Now, he's been stuffed up £10 uh, for annihilating a reasonable field last time out. And to be honest with you, he looked the better he went, <laughs> cliche time, the better he went, the, the, the further he went, the better he looked in this time. And he, I mean, if you watch the end of the race at Hereford, he'd run like his head in his chest. And I think this test will suit him. And I think he's a you know, decent horse with a great grade. So he's one that I would want to keep on side in this. And the other one is the late legend, who is a real dyed-in-the-wall stayer uh, from a trainer, I think, our good friend, Mr. Malvo, mentioned on a previous programme. Ah. Um, I have just noticed a tweet from Mr. Malvo, but I digress slightly a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, um, he's defaced your uh, advert for our programme here because he said it'll be shit without me. <laughs> John usually <laughs> says that. Well, well John... wrong, easy. <laughs> I'd probably agree with him, actually. Going back to that, I think he, he spoke about a trainer called Tom Weston. And um, he has been known for pulling off a few uh, decent punts uh, in his 
uh, in his time. And I think he's got another one here, uh, the late legend, who ran a very good second last time out uh, at Exeter um, off today's mark. And I was quite surprised they didn't actually put him up. He's still up 112, which is his last winning mark. He's five from 13 over fences with four seconds. Gets on well with the amateur Luke Scott, who's ridden him before. And it was over 3-6 last time out. Track might be a little bit tight for him, but I think those two are a couple of sporting pokes against the field um, in uh, in the Lincolnshire National. I can never resist a regional Nash. I think we've got one just straight into the new year as well. I think we've got the Sussex National at uh, Plumpton coming up as well in the new year. But I thought uh, I'm going to split a little bit of a, a, a small stake between Powerstown Park for Bridget Andrews and Sam Thomas and the late legend with Mr. Luke Scott and Tom Weston. Okay, so you're going half a point win on each, Andy? Yeah, I think so. So 11 to 2, Powerstown, and 9 to 1 for the late legend. Fair enough. Yeah. Or, uh, Andy. And on to Quentin Franks, who is uh, our NAPS table leader at the moment, 220%. Uh, profit, incredible strike rate, really. Um, it, it really is. And, and I hope our punters are following Quentin. Uh, during this time and through the through through, the, through December November, he's had an amazing run. So Quentin, welcome to the show. Well, perfectly. Thank you for the kind words. Hopefully, it can uh, continue over the festive period, and we can be drinking gin and eating Dutch Gouda throughout the new year. <laughs> perfectly put. Yeah. Okay, right. Without further ado, um, no no more waffling uh, from myself, John, Andy, and Quentin. We'll get straight on to the best best bet. Um, of the weekend or Boxing Day or wherever you are uh, play, playing your trades? Uh, my third best bet on Boxing Day comes in the six furlong condition stakes um, three o'clock at Wolverhampton. And uh, I want to have on side the uh, judicial. He's, he's nine years old, touching 10. Um, but he chased home the best all-weather sprinter in good effort last time out. Weak in the market that day on the back of a break and just he shaped like all his enthusiasm for the game was still there. Um, dropped in from a wide draw, he travelled well, shorter room on the home bend and, and could never really open up until the bird had flown. Um, as I said at the top, he's, his enthusiasm remains for the game. He stopped the clock in a fair figure. Um, I think the smaller field here will help him and there looks to be a bit of pace signed on with uh, Lord of the Lodge dropped in trip and Ajabi, uh, Ejjab, sorry, they to press things forward to make it an honest honest clip. Um, I think the market's underestimated him. I've C's been put in nine to two of a couple of firms, and uh, yeah, he, he looks the overpriced one in a, a race where I'm a bit, I don't particularly like Lord of the Lodge backing trip. He had the running things at Newcastle last time out, and it exalted angel has, has it to prove for me um, a couple of ropey ish second places. So, um, yeah, judicial looks solid, and nine to two looks overs. Lovely, yeah. Uh, that interesting conditions race that Quentin's put his third best bet in. Judicial he's going for, uh, for Julie Camacho and Paul Mulrennan in the saddle at 9-2 to two available for his, I presume it's one point win, Quentin, obviously. Uh, no one mess- point win, yeah. Yes, no message, straight on the nose with your selections. But that's, that's what our punters like. They love you at the moment and uh, yeah, no messing about with this uh, uh, money back for second and third. So Judicial for Quentin is his third best bet of uh, Boxing Day. I'll go with uh, my third best bet um, of, of the festive period. And I'm off to um, rainy and wet Limerick uh, for mine. And it goes in their feature event, 
on uh, on Boxing Day. That's the four he novices chase, a Grade One affair, a fabulous race. Really, it's, it's a real nice race. This is, and um, I'm very keen on um, a horse that impressed me greatly last time, Lieutenant Command. Uh, this this was a very very impressive chasing debut. I love the way that the horse jumped. Um, I, I really did think that it, when something looks a natural, this is it. And and the shape he made over his fences, it was effortless, real big big grey. And I was impressed that the fact that the standard of the opposition he managed to beat first time over fences, and the way he did it, he he literally had to have one little tap um, on the running just just to you know just to keep you know obviously uh, quicken up there and he had so much in hand and the heavier ground i think will suit i think because he is a bit of a sluggard uh, rather than a, than a than a an impressive turn of foot horse and i just i just think this horse is going places so lieutenant command is my third best bet uh, of the festive period it's a very juicy eight to one and i'm on the nose with this because I, like i said i do i do really like this horse should not be eight to one it's an insult i probably have him around half those odds um as, as around a, of a true price so lieutenant command for me to hopefully get me off to a flyer to catch the uh, ludicrously uh, uh, ridiculous quentin franks at the top of the top of the table john I'm going to come to you for your third best bet, please, of the festive. Well, there wasn't enough racing on Boxing Day for me to, <laughs> wait, to wail out three horses. I've actually gone to Kempton on Monday. The horse in question is one I've put up before, and it ran, well, on, on what the face of it was a fairly iffy sort of race, really. It's Man of the Mountain, Emma Lavelle's horse in the 310 at Kempton. Okay. I, I reviewed... His, his last effort at Cheltenham a couple of times and I came to the conclusion that he, he was just doing half a stride too much early on and I think that's what told on him in the, in the latter stage. I think going back to three mile here, I think this is going to be much more his bag. I think the fact that she went for a decent race at that trip last time probably indicated she thinks that horse has improved a bit and she probably shown her a bit more speed at home. And uh, I think this, getting back up, up in trip, could just be the making of the horse. So he, he's jumping fine, and I, I think he could, uh, ridden the same way as he was at Cheltenham, I, th- I think he could get a lot of these at it, and I, th- I think he's quite a bit of value, actually. Yeah, Kempton's a, a great, I mean... Man of the Mountain jumps really well, and Kempton's the right sort of track for this this kind of horse that keeps rolling. Um, yeah, I, I can't knock that, John. Like you say, they obviously think a bit about the horse with the with, with the target that they had last time, um, and this would be uh, probably a step back in the right direction in terms of uh, of class compared to that race. So, John is going. Are you going one point win, John? I am. Yeah. One point win, Man of the Mountain, eight to one is available for John's selection. And hopefully that'll get John off to a flyer uh, for the festive period. Andy, I'm coming back to you now for your second best bet, please. Right, like John, there wasn't enough there wasn't there wasn't enough choice on uh, boxing <laughs> was there. It's poor, isn't it, really? You think they'd stick a couple more meetings on. Um, Welsh national. Um, but I thought Venetia can't resist a bit of Venetia, a bit like John can't really. Um, <laughs> and um Hold that tort, whose form tied in really well with the uh, now absent anti-post favourite 
uh, who is uh, not, <laughs> who ain't running anymore, asked me early. Um, and I must admit, I did back hold that tour at a double figure price, but I still think there's a bit of value at around eight to one with the four places that are available. Uh, Venetia is excellent with staying handicapped chases. We saw that when she won the, the Labrooks trophy. She's got plenty of previous in the Welsh National, Jocks Cross in 2000, Empress Choice 2014. It's a sort of big local race. In fact, if you want a little bit of a stat, the, any stables based in that Hereford, Wales region uh, have won it seven times this century. Um, hold that thought, uh, or hold that taught, I should say. Um, there's only had four runs in novice handicap chases last season. He had one run this campaign, one, a, one up at Carlisle, another good hunting ground for Venetia. Um, and I still think he's got plenty of improvement to, to come. He's only a six-year-old, um, and I still think there's a bit of, um, I still think there's a lot of improvement in him. He, he was, you know, he was strong at the finish. I just think, you know, and if we get a bit of soft, heavy ground, that will suit him down to the ground. And I think around eight to one with four places available, he is pretty much a fairly decent play. Okie dokie, yeah. I mean, I mean, check check around, folks, on that. So Andy's second best bet is hold that tour at eight to one. Uh, generally available, I can see. Um, and you might you might get some generous people going five, six, yes, seven places on the day. You might need to take a little bit shorter, but um, I do think he's genuinely got a pretty pretty decent chance if you go back and watch that Carlisle race, and it wasn't a bad race at all. Um, he should be um, just about cherry ripe. And as I say, Venetia's got plenty of previous in staying uh, in staying chases. So I'll have a, a point each way around eight. So I'll take the four places uh, for ease of um, uh, transaction now. Good stuff. So hold that talk for Andy. Uh, each way a pleasure. One point each way. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look at the each way terms for him on that one and see see, see where we're cooking by the time of the uh, uh, release of, of the show. Um, pity it's going to be a soulless Chepster, which is I think yeah. it's, it's sacrilege really for the Welsh. It's, 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 their, it's their big big jump race of the season. You can, go, you can go to the supermarket and be packed in like sardines, but you can't go in a big field. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, we, you know, I mean, it, it, if this race was taking place in Bristol, which is what thirty miles away, you know, it, it'd be no problem. It's, it's an absolute scandal. Anyway, no offences. Yeah, there would be no offences. No, they wouldn't. John, um, I'm going to come. No, I'll I'll do the second best bet because I, I'm on your team. There ain't enough rating on boxing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my my second best bet is on the twenty uh, seventh, which is uh, the day after. And we go to Ireland again at Leopardstown, where there's going to be a lot of rain forecast in Ireland, and that's what I'm banking on, um, because I don't think you'll get this price uh, when it finally sinks in that the rain has fallen. Um, the horse in question is a is a, a, a I like this horse going forwards this season. Uh, it's Coco Beach in the 255 at Leopardstown. That's the uh, feature handicap chase there, and. A very valuable race, incredible prize money put on there. Two hundred thousand added, hundred and ten thousand to the winner. There'll be few races this season. You're getting hundred and ten thousand for winning a handicap. So this, you know, this is a this will be a very competitive, no doubt. But we're getting the odds to compensate. Thirty three to one, thirty three to one available for this horse, who clearly is. Uh, for me, a heavy ground uh, monster. I think that's where he, he, he's excelling heavy ground. 
And even though it's sort of good to yield in at the moment, the, the amount of rain that is forecast in Dublin uh, over the next couple of days is quite immense. So I'm hoping that transpires because, as I say, you won't get 33 to 1 on the day if that the ground is riding sort of very soft about Cocoa Beach because I think that's crucial to him. I did back him last time, much to my mistake, on good ground at Fairy House uh, because he was dropping quite a bit in class. I think he, uh, the jockey looked after him that day. Uh, he's in really good order because he jumped his fence lovely, uh, just didn't have any gears to cope with the quicker horses. Um, and I just, I just genuinely believe that this horse is a different class of horse on bottomless ground over, over an absolute sluggard. Um, and I just think, you know, ideally there'd be another probably a quarter of a mile, half a mile on top of the three miles. But nevertheless, they're taking seven off uh, with the useful amateur, uh, Mr. James. And I've, I've I've not had much chance to look at him, but the two rides I did watch him, he looks very strong for his seven pounds, as a lot of Irish amateurs tend to. Uh, they do produce the cream of the crop. And, and as I said, the jockey doesn't put me off at all. So... That for me, that's a nice seven they're taking off there to take it down to a very 11-3. And, and this horse will jump off, go handy, and hopefully stay there. So Cocoa Beach is a one point each way bet at 33-1 to one for the 2.55 at Leopardstown on Monday. Quentin, uh, I'll come to you again for your second best bet uh, of the meeting, please. Uh, my second best bet comes in the opener, the nursery at Wolverhampton. Um, I thought Neat and Dandy should be... <laughs> Odds on eight to eleven in, in, in around that mark. Um, I can see them putting them in six to four each of two thirteen to eight seven to four. Um, him and Tarjalola. Um, I was really impressed with him last time out. I felt the race over seven on his first start for Mark Lott name wasn't run to suit. They steadied things up mid race. He got caught at the toe two and a half out. I think he, he did well to run down um, the Hannon horse um, who got first run on him. Um, he was under pressure two and a half out. He ran him down. The step-up in trip's going to suit him here. Um, it was his first all-weather start. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he'll improve significantly for the for the trip. Um, already gone in the race, looks exposed. He, he's a king going salt. And kind of what John mentioned earlier in the year, I can see him running away with Holly Doyle. Lightning gesture hasn't really done it on the clock. Um Taja Lola, um, the main market rival, likely main market rival. Um, I felt he'd been poorly handicapped on runs in steadily run races earlier in the season. And again, well positioned in a steadily run race. Couldn't couldn't get the better of his stable mate last time out. Um, I see Neaton Dandy's 13 to 8 and a couple of places. I thought he should be a fair, fair odds on poke. And um, yeah, I expect him to take the, the world of beating, to be honest. Lovely. I mean, did you did did you like Magical Diaz last time? I, I'm not sure if you. I can't. I can't remember if you sort of half liked it or. Um, I did. I, I like. I like the race as a whole. You had um, pile drivers, half sister yeah. or brother in there. It looked. It looked a race full of interest. It looked like there were interesting types in there. Yeah, I, I think it's a race that will produce winners in future. So. Yeah, the, f- the first two there pulled clear as well. So, so Quentin's second best bet of uh, the festive period is Neat and Dandy um, for Mark Lufnane. 13 to 8 available. Uh, so, that will be his two point uh, uh, win stake. Uh, so, lovely there, Quentin. Thank you very much for that. John, coming to you for your number two. Is yours, is yours next Wednesday, John? 
it's nice actually. Believe it or not, believe it or not I've, I've managed to root one out on Boxing Day. Good, good. Uh, not quite at me local, it's at Weatherby. Um, and it's in the Roland Merrick. Um, and a fair old trial for Elvis race. And I, the, the one that I was originally taken with was Windsor Avenue, believe it or not. Yeah. Which is a bit, <laughs> a bit of a shocker. But I did think that the the seasonal debut was quite all right with the the plunky task going on to Frank the Farm at Liverpool. And uh, I think Brian might just have sorted this one out and there's still time for it to make progress as a chaser. But the one I, I ended up rowing in with is, I'm not sure how you say this, is it Debeachy or DBC? Uh, I've always said Debeachy, but... Yeah, I would have said Debeachy, like... Um, but, like, second run for Skelton from Tim Vaughan's and had a wind up in the summer. I think it's quite significant that it's running in something like this for us term up. I'll tell you what, John. Um, I, I remember this. Um, this was Sandown uh, when it last ran. And, yeah. And Skelton went bananas on it. Do you mm. remember? Mm. He he went absolutely. He 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 was about twenty. He just he just powered, and I, and I just didn't get it. I thought, why do you need to be sort of twenty it, clear down the back? It, it gave me the impression that since the got it from Tim Barnes, he had a lot of confidence in the house. Well, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And uh, I think he wouldn't be the best judge of pace, would he, Harry? Uh, well, no, he wouldn't. No, no, it's no, no, no. Um, <laughs> Well, hopefully he'll get a nice lead to the second last day and then he can do what the hell he wants after that. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think it's very interesting off this mark and uh, I don't think it's a great role in Merrick either. No, it's, I mean, obviously you've got the Hennessy winner in Cloudy Glen, but that's up 10. Yeah. Um, and it's quite high. That, that um, should stop him, really, shouldn't it? You think so? And, and usually with Hennessy winners, you don't usually tend to see many turning out this side of Christmas. No. Um, I know, I know. Remastered came out. By the way, Andy, uh, your remastered was I thought was unlucky in that race in the Hennessy. Oh, God, um, I don't know. Still, there was, and, I think he would have gagged up. At, yeah, I still thought he ran a very good race at Haydock straight after that as well. I thought again, cliche time. He lost nothing in defeat there at all. Um, uh, I, 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 I still like the horse. I think he, I think he'd probably be a decent. I think I think he'd stay a bit further. I think he's. Wouldn't be the wouldn't be the worst horse to run in a national. No, no. Anyway, he would have. I'm I'm convinced he would have absolutely gagged up. I mean, he and and it's the first mistake he'd made in the race. Yeah. Oh, that fourth last is at Newbury. They've just come off that bend and they're just starting to get rocking and rolling. You've seen a lot of horses make mistakes and go there, and it, you know, it was yeah, was a bit of a little bit of a sick now that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, thanks, for, so, thanks for reminding me that one. And yeah, you are so, right about DBC or whatever we want to say. Yeah, he did. He actually went bombed off. It was the 13th of March. It was straight after. Uh, it was straight after um, the Cheltenham last year. Off the back of wind surgery in the first run for Skelton's, he'd been at, at Tim Vaughan's, where he'd always threatened to be a really decent horse. This this one. Um, Formerly rated 141 for Tim Vaughan as well, John. Yeah, one for one, he ran an entry. I think there's a lot to like about his chance here. I know. Mm, yeah, I, I, do you know what? I think I think you've got one there. You know, I think, you know, I I'm, I've confessed looking at the Roland Merrick. I mean, 
um, he, he didn't look the, you know, he, he looks. It's, it's, it's winnable, isn't it? It is. It's a competitive affair, but I'm not looking at any horse. And then you've just sort of highlighted that one to me, remembering that one from Sundown. If, and the, if there's one in there that you could see at the end of the season, fifteen pound higher than where it is now, it's that, isn't it? Yeah. So, are we on the nose with this? No, each way. Each way. Boom. A fanny bet from John. One each way. Thirteen to two is available. Just, just in case Skelton gets the fractions wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he, gets, he gets nutted. <laughs> yeah. Now, to the beach, I think John, John's caught with a decent bet there. Kind, kind of like his reasonings. Um, okay, we'll come on to our best bets. Um, I'll do. I'll, I'll wheel it the other way. I'll leave Andy to last on this. Mm. One. I'll leave Andy sat, sat silent on his hands, waiting to get his big bet out. Mm. Seeing, seeing his highest up in the naps. I'll go first with the with the, with the big bet, and it shows you how desperate I am. That I I, I, I am. I, it is a Boxing Day bet. Um, however, it's in a bumper. <laughs> and and why not um, the horse in question is in the 332 at Huntingdon uh, I'm so desperate to, to get up the table that I'm, I'm tipping in a bumper now not the most excited but uh, supreme gift in, in the 332 Huntingdon uh, Henry Daly's runner um, uh, now I had a big mark for this off a good contact of mine um, before the run last time at Southern and I did feel that Ali Stevens was kind of, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I'm not against like female jockeys. I just felt that she's possibly a little bit outridden um, on this occasion by the John Joe O'Neill uh, uh, runner. Uh, and, 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 I, and I just, I just felt that that was the difference on the day. You know, he, 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 I think Supreme Gift uh, would have won with a, probably a more awake ride tactically. So uh, Ali Stevens, you know, no disrespect to you, but I just felt on the day, you probably should have won that. Um, and given the regard he's held in, obviously these races you can run into things. Fergal O'Brien's got a debut on. John Joe O'Neill's got a debut on. Um, I don't particularly like um, uh, either of them on breeding. Um, and I do think that this supreme gift, who who has won a point to point in Ireland for Dennis Paul Murphy, um, given the confidence shown and the way this went through the race, um, I do expect this horse um, to go very close. If one beats it, then it's a very, very good horse, I think. I think this is a decent, real decent bumper of performance. So Supreme Gift for me is my best three-point nap in the 3.32 at Huntingdon on Boxing Day. John, coming to you for your nap. I'm at Leopardstown in the 145. Okay. This is a long-standing favourite, novice hurdler, a man. Called Three Straight Life of uh, BFGs. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really, really liked this horse in the bumper last year. I thought for an inexperienced horse, I thought he ran an absolute ripper of a race. Um, he did everything he would have wanted to say on his debut over hurdles. And as I say, I think he's better than he was allowed to show in that bumper. Um, he's still, compared to some in this field, he's still a little bit on the inexperienced side. But he's probably my idea of a proper super novices candidate at this stage. And uh, I, I think the price is tremendous value on Monday. So it's yeah, six six to one available. So Monday one forty five Leopardstown. Yeah. 
three stripe life. Um, yep, very impressive. Uh, last time uh, I can remember the race, obviously very very well bet. Um, uh, two to thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, certainly went off a short price, but obviously impressive to match. So yeah, six to one, big price. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go each way because of the nature of the race, and the, the shape of the race, and it just lends itself, I think, to to a, a big each way bet, which is what I'll actually be having. Okay, no, two, so two places, uh, six runners, uh, so one point each way, three stripe life, six to one for John. Sorry, 1.5 points each way. Yes, yes. His best bet. Um, so that's for John. Onwards to uh, Quentin's best bet of the week. Now, drum roll here. This is our naps table leader. I keep, keep stressing it. You know, this is, uh, Quentin is, a, is an absolutely brilliant judge, and uh, we're honoured to have him on the show. So, Quentin, everyone's waiting with bit of breath now for your number one. <laughs> No, no pressure then, Lee. Um, <laughs> my best bet of Boxing Day comes in the it comes in the last race of Boxing Day, uh, the five twenty at Wolverhampton, and I, I want on side one trained by a podcast favourite in David Simcock. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake! Hey. The horse in question. <laughs> the horse in question is Race Card. Um, he's a horse that's been in my notes since he made a promising debut um, in Yarm at Yarmouth earlier in the year. Um, I liked him as a physical type. Um, he's the type to really progress from three to four. Um, he, he made a decent debut. He made a move from rear and kind of blew up further and a half from home. Shape was in the run. We'd bring him on, and, and that's fine. Um, he, he then didn't reappear until October. Um, Simcox dropped out, steadily run race, ended up five deep around the home bend, finished with running left. So it, it looked, uh, he was in the market that day, which was surprising, but... Um, he, he shaped with ability, less to say the least. Um, similar story, kind of last time out. Rear steadily run race, found all sorts of trouble, all sorts of trouble under Haley Turner. Finished with running left and uh, had more to give at the line. Um, physically, looks a lot better animal than 64. He's related to a, a few fair sorts, including Alcazine. Um, he, he got the chicken wing treatment last time out and the kick glove treatment. I think there's a lot more to come from him at, at some stage. I'm hoping it will be Boxing Day, given the yard and connections won this in 2019 with, I think it was Clap Your Hands. Um, so I'm oh. hoping this has been a target, uh, given he's been been gelded. And um, yeah, he's got he's got more upside than some of these here. So hoping we don't get Simcock and uh, Callum Shepherd, who's got a good record for the yard, can bring him home. And what what a bet! I mean, so, I mean, so this is a really unexposed one that Quentin's going for here, and uh, nine to one is available. Uh, Quentin, are you, are you are you happy with the the, the full the full three points, the full bodied uh, bet here? Three points on the nose. Three points on the nose, basically. <laughs> we love this. We love this. And the interesting thing here, this is so again, Quentin's found a really unexposed sort of hundred and seventy thousand. This cost us a yearling. Um, you know, it's 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 like I say half brother to Al Kazim. It, it's jeez, and good old Dave Simcox got it off a mark in the sixties. Um, <laughs> you, you think you're paying hundred and seventy thousand for a horse, and you end up in in the sixties. But this is this could be a very uh, interesting choice and a very well dug out Quentin. Uh, same colours <laughs> as Elton Place that owes <laughs> me about sixty thousand pound by now. 
hauled up arses, Simcock, round here, and yet <laughs> Quentin can get these fuckers to win. You know, I mean, he, he should be Father Christmas, really, <laughs> because, like, six billion houses in one night is fuck all. He can get Simcock hauled up arses to win. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a big prize for Quentin, for sure. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so onwards and upwards. Um, uh, thank you for that, Quentin. And um, hopefully uh, it will be uh, uh, everyone in Clover uh, for Boxing Day. So, so thank God. I hear Quentin now. You, Quentin, Quentin's about to leave us now because basically uh, the, myself, John and Andy will be going through the, uh, the TV action. Uh, Quentin's got some festive... Um, uh, duties to attend to so we thank you Quentin for uh, posting your best bets and our punters appreciate it so a Merry Christmas to you sir and um, I hope uh, that, Merry uh, Christmas to you Lee and and, and, and all, all the podcast listeners as well thank you very much sir and, uh, and uh, we should speak to you soon on our forthcoming shows thank you very much Quentin to finish off last but not least uh, I'm coming to you Andy uh, for your um, best bet uh, yeah. of the festive period I thought, <laughs> I thought we might be able to ring the bell in the 210 at Weatherby, the Roland Merrick. Uh, mm-hmm. I was sitting listening to John, but I think we we have avoided that. Although I had, did have DBC down as my second best in the race, and I will be having a saver on it. And so it's uh, giving me a little bit of extra confidence in John's uh, resume of the horse there. Um, but I do like Empire Steel in this uh, in this race. There's two past winners in this race. Topville Ben, who won it in 2019, and Lakeview Lad in 2018. I do like old Lakeview Lad, but he's not getting any younger. Neither is Topville Ben. I think taking risks and Lord de Manil might be flying a little bit high here. Windsor Avenue's never a horse I particularly liked. Good boy Bobby, I've always seen as a bit overrated. Silver Marks, are, uh, Hallmark's a little bit short, and Cloudy Glen. I did think, well, you know, it's, it is unusual to see, you know, though we have seen a couple, you know, with the first, well, we will see the first in Cloudy Glen from the, from the, uh, from the Hennessy, I still call it that, um, <laughs> uh, running. Um, I think the £10 might just stop him. And I'm going back to Empire Steel. I think this is a really nice, lightly raced seven-year-old. Now, I know Protectorat probably wasn't at his best when he when Empire still hammered him, and he did hammer him at Kelso in a three-horse race last year. But when you think what Protectorat has done since then, and Empire still was actually only going to get only getting four pounds off him, beating forty odd lengths. Protectorat, of course, since then has won the Manifesto Aintree, second in a Paddy Power, and and then won the Many Clouds. A lot of people said that Protectorat didn't stay at Kelso. Well, given the way he ran the, won the many clouds, it's hard to say that that day. And Empire Steel ran, came out and ran a very, very good second uh, this year behind Strictly a Dancer, who was in fine form uh, at the time. Um, the handicap has put him up just a pound for chasing that one home. I think he's, he'll strip fitter. Sandy Thompson is in reasonable form at the moment. He's really his, his time of year. I think the horse has got plenty of... Um, uh, improvement left in him, and it, as to say, it looks a it looks a winnable race, which is where I was trying to sort of filter it down. And the two I filtered it down to and tossed up were DBC and Empire Steel. But I came down the side of Empire Steel in the end because of the form with Protectorat. So, and I think there's some eleven to two available with four places. So I think I'd probably go a point and a half each way uh, on Empire Steel in the two ten at Weatherby the Roland Merrick on Boxing Day.
Good stuff. So pointing off each way, Andy's best bet, Empire Steel, 13-2. to two. Good tip from Andy for his best bet. We'll discuss the television races in, in question. And uh, I'm surprised, I've got this right, that there, there are only four on terrestrial TV, is that correct? Four from Kent, Roland Merrick from Weatherby. And one from Weatherby, okay. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll take a look at them then. Um, I'm, I suppose overall I'm a little bit disappointed, Kempton card. I'm not saying that George looks a nice race. Um, it does, it looks a very competitive. But we'll start off anyway with the 120, which is the two and a half miles um, handicap. Um, Andy, I'll start off with you. Uh, any thoughts in this race for you? Like uh, any opinion? a race I wanted to get heavily involved with. I thought Bothwell Bridge won nicely first time out, didn't he? Um, you know, it looks to be looks as though Mr. Henderson, who apparently is running Shisky on the, I've just noticed this. It's just come up. He's actually intended runner in the Labrooks Desert Orchid Chase at Kempton Money, so he must have him one hundred percent. Yes, either that, or he's taking, either that or he's taking his main market rivals rated 127. <laughs> something, <laughs> something like that. But he does look to have this race by the uh, by the proverbials, doesn't he? With Mr. Coffee and Bothwell Bridge. Uh, I quite like Bothwell Bridge. He's still pretty pretty unexposed, although we have got the uh, old stone hands Nico de Boinville on board. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. I felt really sorry for Sebastopol last time out, although I can't say I'm. There's a, there's a question now. There, do people who make trainers who make stupid comments like Tom Lacey did, who then retracted, does it put you off backing their horses? Um, I'll, uh, you, you just you just think you just think um, you, you just you have expletives in your head, don't you? When you yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, yeah, I mean Sebastopol is just literally. If you if you think somebody's a fucking idiot, you you're gonna be a bit circumspect about backing their asses, aren't you? <laughs> well, it was the, it was the it was the comments about the Brianies. I just thought you know it, it, um, case whatever you want to call it, but we're just you know his his blog was just like what the fuck? We had you had a bottle of whiskey first or? You know. Well, he's he's not as good as me. I've got the lag of Ullin today. I mean, I mean, yeah, I you're, not, you're not going to go and write a blog like that. No, 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 not after it. No, I'll just do a podcast instead. But <laughs> you just sat there and, and thought WTF. But the, yeah, the the I mean the the comments on on and he had to swiftly take it down. Oh, and on and on Gay as well. You know, yeah, yeah, Gay was Gay was to um, the show, and you've had on a couple of guns and excellent, uh, brilliant, you know, brilliant she, stuff and. Yes, yeah, she, I mean, I, I mean, she'd probably not appreciate me saying this, but she did message me, and um, she was rather upset about it. So I presume that Gay had a little word in Mister Lacey's ear. <laughs> I would be frightened. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's one of these. Does, does Tom really want to show up at the races, and Gay Gay rolls up? I mean, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's, it's like you said, like you said, Andy, the 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 first race on the television. I found very difficult. For, I backed Bothwell Bridge last time. I think there's a hole in him because he was looking a little bit in trouble despite jumping very well. Marla's promise sort of added him in a spot and I don't think that's amazing for him. So I'm a, a bit concerned about him. But of the Henderson two at the prices, I probably preferred Mr. Coffee. Yes, but again, what was that after the last at Newbury? A real bad hanging left. Yeah. Where there wasn't anything that stood out in this whatsoever. One I of agree. Those sort of races, I thought, you know, I'm happy to watch it, but you know, if I was, you know, somebody gave me a fiver, I'd probably put it in my pocket. 
Yeah, and the, the Tizard snout's been on. The Tizard snout. Was he? Yeah. Dreadful, dreadful human being. Um, but, I mean, he, he, he's come on and um, made it. He said that Lost in Translation did his final piece of work the other day, went to Larkhill for a race course gallop. Brendan was happy with him, saying he's quite excited. Come on a ton for Ascot, apparently, so they like him in the King George. And they also like Killer Kane um, mm. in this one. Wouldn't be for me. I don't like Killer Kane. Um, I, I thought it was fetid off the bridle at Exeter. Absolutely fetid. And I, I think that's how I sum this race up. It's full of fetid... Uh, I, I, I can't really... I, I agree with you, Andy. Mr Coffee probably at the prices, but I was disappointed how he did hang... At Newbury last time on the running, I didn't like that at all. But where are you going? You know, hanging left like that. I thought if I if I was swayed to Mister Coffee, it'd be the it'd be the uh, the jockey booking, Sean Bowen, who is still incredibly yeah. underrated. I really do think this lad is very very good, and and I know he gets his fair share of rides, but I still think he should get more. He's a terrific horseman, really, really is, and and strong in a finish. I mean, he's he's a far better jockey than. A lot of people give, and I'm not giving credit for, but you know the, the 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 number of rides he gets a lot of the time. He's very very good. Yeah, no, I can't agree more. John, any any thoughts to finish that race? I just like Mister Coffee with Bournemouth in the second term. I think yeah. he'll uh, I think he'll uh, serve a bit. Give running a more professional man. He was still a bit keen on the board first term. I think now he's had a fail up of him. I think he'll get him for his best foot forward. I, I couldn't look past Mister Coffee in this. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm both. I'm with you both. Uh, th- at the prices, I would be with Mr. Coffee also. So three of us, three of us agreeing anyway on what we do. The one fifty five, uh, the the Couto Star, the old Felton, uh, novices chase. Uh, I am absolutely all over Brave Man's game at the prices. I cannot see a Hoy Senor beating Brave Man's game around a track yeah, like this. Yeah, I I absolutely no idea why it's five to six and five to four. To be honest, uh, I would only reason I'm not tipping it up on on Barstow is, is that we're we're about four fences behind Quentin Frank. So so we need some <laughs> we need some walls ices. Uh, Hold up, soon. Yeah. I'm not tipping five to six shots uh, to our listeners uh, who, who who want some festive cheer. Um, and the, if, if if you are playing in this race, I want you to tell me a case for a Hoy Senor to beat this because I can't find one. Um, in the race at Carlisle that Hoy Senor was in, I think he was beaten um, against, uh, albeit, you know, good horses, Fiddler on the Roof, second in the NSA, um you know, uh, uh, pay the piper. You know, these are these are seasoned. You know, good good horses, good good novices. But I mean, you saw what uh, Brave Man's game did to pay the piper. Um, um, and it's, it's just it'll get out in front, jumping away. And I just I, I can't have it beat. Um, so Brave Man's game. Uh, do we are we in agreement there, folks? Absolutely. Yeah, Andy, do you, do you see it that way? Or yeah, I, that way? yeah. I mean, I mean, fair play to Lucinda and the team up there for running the Hoy Senior. I don't think it's the perfect track for him. Um, I do think the Hoy Senior is a will prove himself to be a very, very good horse. I mean, in time, is this potentially a Gold Cup winner against the King George winner? Yeah, I'm, in, uh, in, in time, and the, and the other, and the other two are no mugs either. Um, Kiltini Briggs will, will make up, well, has made up into an, a very nice chaser, uh, and will win more races, and so will T Clipper. So it's a, it's a good, you know, it's a good quartet that go to post. But Brave Man's game, the, the you know, track trip should suit him a little bit more, and you wouldn't be surprised to see him in the race to, you know, that has run two races later on the same card next year. And but fair play to Lucinda, they're not holding back with the Hoy Senior. I mean, 
you know, and neither is old Pumpkinhead. I mean, he does, you know, give Nichols his due. He does, he does, he does run them, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, out there and runs them. Um, uh, and, you know, it's a, it's a decent race. It's a, it's a watching race. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be piling in five. To, I, I get your argument about the, the prices and the way they are now. It just wouldn't be for me at the prices particularly. Yeah. A, a race to watch, enjoy, savour, uh, and, and two very two two potentially top class horses. And two very, very the two horses who could be pretty decent. So watch and enjoy. Um, yeah. I always say you don't you don't you don't have to have a bet on a race to enjoy it. And and for those that do like the Hoy Senor, obviously you 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 beat Brave Man's Game in the in the Sefton, of course, last season in the in the Sefton Novices Hurdle. I don't think Brave Man's Game was his best, but that's I think I just think he's like at least I think he's a stone and a half better over fences. You can see the technique, everything he's got. He's just he's superb over, over fences. He's a different animal uh, completely uh, to over hurdles, and I think that's the the compelling point for me in terms of that. But how you send your fans? You know, I mean, like you say, you have got that to cling on to that, that you beat Brave Man's Game over hurdles. So an interesting clash in prospect. Certainly only four runners, but an interesting race. Uh, we go on to the two thirty and the older. Uh, the Christmas hurdle, the, the mayor's allowance debate rumbles on here. Seven pounds in a grade one. Mm. Um, not impressed with that in terms of a mayor's allowance. Uh, I don't think in grade one company uh, a mayor should be getting seven pounds. Andy, what do you think on that? Do you think level weights or a, a slight allowance? I would go three pounds. Yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. I would I would be in favour of a a cut in that weight allowance. Seven mm. is seven is a lot, but then. Epitante last time out, I wasn't, wasn't. I can't say I was in. I can't say I was impressed. Uh, yeah. And and I think I think if you produce the photo again, you know, there might be a few people having a look at that photo again from Newcastle. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the best. Um, it's an again. It's another. It's another interesting race, isn't it? I mean, I was pleased to see Tritonic come back to his best last um, last week uh, and win. Um, I think he probably is this race. A bit of an afterthought or a bit of a punt. I think he's going to be a decent. You know, he is a decent um, handicap hurdler who needs a race to be run at a, a true pace and not so sleepy. Could control this off the front. I don't think it will suit Soaring Sor- Glory. He strikes me. I mean, we saw that last time out when he was fourth. That race wasn't run to suit either. We could get a run, a rerun between Not So Sleepy and Epiton here. Not an appealing betting race at all. I suppose at the prices, given they dead eated last time out. Uh, the prices you you in theory you would be back you'd be a backer of not so sleepy yeah it, it's for me it's a difficult race to get involved in because i'd like to be against epiton but it, obviously it's you know it's got all the cards the seven pound weight allowance um you know the fact that like you said tritonic could be an afterthought eight days mm. after you know what was you know was impressive and i do respect tritonic i do think that can go quite high uh, over hurdles, I don't think he's finished improving yet. Um, I, like so I, I think, but I always think he'd be better in a in a bigger field that goes a strong pace. A la last week at at, um, at, um, at Ascot, um, yeah. Soaring Glory definitely needs a. You know, we saw that. What was his best form in the in the Betfair, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And and last time out, I mean, that just didn't. You know, small fields put potential, and I will use the word potential slow pace here. Just don't think it'll suit him particularly. No, it's a tactical minefield. Yeah. Also, keep, keep uh, uh, for Tritonic fans, keep your eyes open as well for the weather because obviously too much rain 
Um, they might even not run him if if, uh, if if plenty of rain falls down at Kempton. They are predicting it today, uh, Christmas Day, and uh, and and into Sunday. So it's not guaranteed, but you know, you know what the weather's like. But there is a high chance that there's going to be some kind of precipitation there. So obviously, if the ground's too soft, um, I don't. I'll be surprised if they run dry tonic. John, thoughts on the Christmas hurdle? Yeah, I was a little bit in two minds what to do with this race. Initially, I thought I might just stick the kettle on and watch it boil. And, that, <laughs> and, 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 and then I decided, no, I won't do that. I'll stare at the wallpaper until I see a dead relative's face coming out at me. <laughs> well, Alistair Sims door knock Scrooge style. You know, yeah, like yeah, that kind Bob Barley pops yeah, up on the, yeah, on the door exactly. knock. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Jangling the chains at me. <laughs> yeah, that's fairly well summed up, to be fair. Uh, probably agree. I mean, me, and, me and Andy both agree tactically. I think this is really difficult because, like I said, not so sleepy should just have his own way, really, hard in front. But... It's a rotten race. And I mean, the rotten standard of hurdlers for a championship, aren't they? So, I mean, just, you know, eat some patty, pie, so the big gin help. I just find it incredible that a race with so well supported, prize money wise, seventy four thousand a winner, twenty seven thousand for second. I, know. I mean, why? Why is there not a, a, a true champion hurdle prospect in this lineup? I mean, who, who doesn't want to win seventy four grand? I mean, literally, if you've got a good one, genuine one sixty hurdler, one fifty five, one sixty hurdler that's up and coming, surely you'd take a crack at this. But anyway, I'm. Yeah, this, that's probably the most disappointing field of the day in terms of uh, standard for the money. We'll move on to the King George, which is a tremendously competitive affair. I, 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 I think I, the reason I can't put up a bet is because I think the market's just about right. I'm not a Chantry House fan, um, personally. I'm not a Lost in Translation fan. That's uh, that's on the drift anyway, out to 14s currently. Snout's, um, snout's been on. Mm. Yes, well, Snout's Snout, Snout's confident of a big run, but it won't be for me. I just think the top two in the market, Clandes Erbo and Minella Indo, they're probably the right two. Um, I agree. As I were pricing it, that's that. I did my order, I did my running order, and I, that's they were they were the top two. Obviously, Clandes Erbo different different horse under cheek pieces. Uh, last two starts, he's just blown them away. If that continues, sort of in Seymour business style, when they put the blinkers on him, he, he was a different horse. Um, and it reminds me of that in a way. And then you've got Minella Indo that was 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 fat as a was fat as a big big large beer barrel uh, last time behind <laughs> Frodon. Um, last time out at Down Royal, and you just think, you know, if if, if the real Minella Indo shows up again, that's going to be ultra competitive. Uh, Andy, I'd love your thoughts on this. Well, it's, it's certainly an interesting race. I'm a bit like you. I think, you know, the prices are about right. I mean, give you a few facts and figures on it. Uh, I think it's probably about the best thing I can do. I mean, yeah. can you find the last seasonal debutant to win a King George? I know these days that probably isn't, you know, the way we get or trainers get horses ready at home, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and you can make a case for Clanders Oboe, as Mr. Nichols has um, with... Um, you know, saying that he is best when fresh. I mean, I mean, he has got a, it's absolutely staggering his record in the race since he won it in 1997 with Seymour Business. He's won 50% of the runnings. He's won it 12 times. 
impressive. It's a pretty, it's a pretty decent record, and he's got a, got a decent team this year, isn't he? With with Brodon as well. Um, obviously, Clanders Oboe is looking to become what the fourth horse to win it on at least three occasions. Won it 2018 uh, and 2019. Um, Desert Orchid and, and Porto obviously won it four and five times, uh, respectively. Um, and if Clanders Oboe is successful, he'd emulate Wayward Lad, who won back-to-back runnings, uh, then lost his title the following season before winning it back. I mean, those were the days of, you know, talking of horses like Wayward Lad and you know, Coombs Ditch and all those sort of wonderful horses makes me want to reach for my uh, chasers and hurdlers that I've got sat there because we really did have some fantastic runnings in in those days. But this is this is a decent running, I suppose. With Manila Endo, you've got the question was, does he? You know, first time headgear, does he take to that? That's a little bit of a question mark. The Clanders Oboe, yes, you can say he's bet he he has run well when fresh before, but. You know, this is a King George and you can't find too many of those. You know what you're going to get. You know exactly what you're going to get with Frodon. Um, and, you know, the combination have been fantastic uh, together. He's three from four around Kempton. Uh, very, uh, was a, that performance at Down Royal last time out. I mean, you couldn't fault the horse's attitude. That was his third grade one win. Um, and then you've got Chantry House. Um a little bit of the, I suppose, a little bit of the wild card along with Lost in Translation. Um, and I wouldn't leave, you know, you can't totally leave out Asterion Falange, though he does make a few mistakes and you're not completely convinced about him at, at sort of three miles stepping up. And and um, Toronado Flyer as well. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see Dashiell Drasher or um, St. Calvados or Mr. Fisher winning that. I, it's not again. It's it's a bit like the other races we've discussed, and it sounds like I'm going to get splinters on my backside here. But it, it's just the race I could like you, Lee. I put, you know, I always do a tissue for a race. Still do, always have done. Come from that background, and there's nothing that's out of line. The prices are nothing. There's nothing more than half a point, point at most away from where I've got them. So where's the edge? And I can't, yeah. I can't find, I can't find one. If if somebody said to me, who would you like to see win? I, you know, you know the obvious answer. I'm going to say Frodon yeah. for obvious reasons because it really would stick it up a few people. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, well, famously, what I'll do then is to to give Frodon uh, some, some some extra extra lengths and poundage. I'll say exactly what I said on last year's show, which was to Catherine Fry when she tipped Frodon uh, Frodon up as a 25 to one uh, bet. I said absolutely no chance. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to say Andy, go. Frodon has absolutely no chance. <laughs> John, anything to add? If Manila Indo st- stands up, it makes Frodon 20 length. Yeah. I, I believe so. Because that horse was gross on debut. I'm, I'm astonished Dracula putting shake paces on it, actually. <laughs> Dracula. It looks like Christopher Layden. So, you know, I'm astonished at it, really. Um, I didn't think the arse did a lot wrong, considering the, the physical condition it was in for debut. Um, so I'm, I'm quite surprised that I, I think I'd have made it a strong bet, but for the gear going on, mm. you know. Because um, I think he showed in the Gold Cup, he's got guts aplenty, he stays really well. And... 
yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything not to like about him apart from these bloody mutton shops that's going on. Well, John, the, the, owner, the owner's stated, he says, so Barry Maloney that owns the all said um, uh, it was basically uh, this was the first time we're going to try cheap pieces and we just felt it might help him focus uh, on a track that's, you know, uh, you know, obviously, Kempton, you need to be awake. That's the problem. If yeah, it, if... but this is not wrong with us. The bloody track will wake him up, you know? Yeah. Mm. I don't know, like, Clanders Erbo in, in uh, last year's King George, despite having won it previously, I, I don't think ever got out of second gear. He just, no. he, just he, he set off towards the bike, never never got in the race, never got jumping properly. Now, whether they obviously thought that was a bit of... T- maybe, maybe, maybe sort of laziness does creep into... Maybe... That's what creeps into these horses. Yeah, he's done it so many times. Oh, it's this again. Maybe it's just basically to keep, yeah, you know, just keep him focused. Like the owner says, I don't know, but I, I, I don't think it's been tossing it up. No, no, no. I agree with you. I'm, I, I certainly don't think there's any ungenuine nature about it. Yeah. Uh, Asterian fall on. I'd be amazed if that gets round. I mean, it, it loves it loves to take one about a foot high. Uh, there's usually one fence in a race. It, it it just doesn't get off the ground, and you can't do that round. I, I, I don't think there'll be a fair old pace on it. And uh, Blackmar being Blackmar, I think she'll still just ride her own race. I think this might you might be able to make a couple of points in running this. Yeah. Um, um, oh, by the way, anyone that's that's not uh, been on barstures.co.uk, you've got to check out John's uh, 20, 2022 almanac. He predicts great things for our Rachel Blackmore on there. Uh, it's a fantastic read. Um, it will really, you know, sit down with a wee dram and read that because you'll have a chuckle or two, I promise you. Um, so that's John's almanac uh, for 2022 on barstures.co.uk. Uh, we come to Weatherby uh, to finish the show off, but we've already sort of covered this race anyway. Uh, obviously, Andy's uh, Andy's Empire Steel. He's very keen on on Big Sandy's chances in that. And John with the BJ or, or or DBC. Um, which <laughs> I, I can't know whatever. No one cares. Um, which I also kind of like. So it's so it's it, it's 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 quite a competitive affair. We've been through that. We hope we, we've given you some nice winners and some. Uh, we hope you back plenty of winners uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're back on uh, the Friday, which is the New Year's Eve show. So hopefully uh, I'll not be too drunk and uh, be able to host the show. If not, I'll get Andy to do it. Um, <laughs> What's saying? I won't be drunk. Isn't <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, so yeah, so it should be interesting next week. But we do hope you do very well over the Christmas period, and we hope that we can also point you in the direction uh, of some winners um, if you like our selection. So. That's myself, John, Quentin and Andy wishing all our listeners uh, a very Merry Christmas and enjoy it. Make sure you enjoy it and have a good one and uh, back plenty of winners. That's all from us. Bye for now. Right, the show's over, boys. Thank you very much.